You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open, as everybody knows. Always appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen, day in, day out. Uh, you heard the earlier episode today with Jeff Risden. Um, all of the uh, COVID announcements from Tuesday. Now we are talking here on Wednesday, head coach Kevin Stefanski who is vaccinated and boosted, testing positive for COVID. We'll see the way it works out for Coach, whether or not he will be available Saturday. Quarterback Baker Mayfield, positive for COVID. Uh, also, John Johnson III, positive for COVID. Malik McDowell, positive for COVID. Uh, Adenabo, positive for COVID. Uh, Troy Hill, who looks like was going to be unavailable this week anyway, with a knee injury, has also tested positive. First things first, obviously, you know, Hoping all of these players are well, um, and none of this is, you know, affecting them. Um, you know, everybody's well-being first and foremost is the paramount. With all of that, not spreading the disease, of course, the I'm sorry, the virus spreading the virus. Um, certainly, things to watch here. Um, but look, with all of this being said, and this is a really difficult situation. You're talking 18 of uh, 53. This is 33 percent of your roster right now. Um, there is some maybe good news. Um, David Njoku appears to have said through his own Instagram that he he's back. We'll see if that's true or not. Um, hopefully, maybe you get a guy like Anthony Walker back, so you're getting some additions to some subtractions. Uh, Harrison Bryant, Ronnie Harrison, uh, both practicing a little bit this week. The most difficult thing it's going to be. It doesn't look like it's going to be a very advantageous weather situation game Saturday late Saturday afternoon in Cleveland. So you have to wonder about bringing players with leg injuries back uh, in, you know, to a sloppy mess of a field. You certainly have your concerns there. Ball game itself. And look, it's crossover Thursday. We're going to get to Q here from Locked On Raiders in a little bit. Um, have a great sit down with him. Uh, but this is a team that has its issues right now in the Raiders. They've been through a ton. Look, there's a lot of teams that are really injured this time of year. Um, the Raiders has been a little bit of a different story. Uh, you know, you lose your head coach after, you know, some emails and back and forth over the years that just, you know, are completely unacceptable in today's society and speak in verbiage and, you know, words that were used, completely unacceptable. You get to a situation where they're one of their brightest stars, one of their biggest hopes for the future, uh, absolutely has a train wreck of a night that, just goes completely off the rails to the point where, you know, a young woman and her pet lost their lives due to his indiscretions and just absolute disregard for what is right and wrong to be done. Um, so they're in a situation themselves. So now you have an interim coach who at one point this team was five and two. This team is now six and seven. Um, certainly appears like a team that just you know wants to get to the offseason get to what the next phase of their team and their franchise is. Um, awarded, actually, ironically enough, the uh, Super Bowl 58 today. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders have been awarded that um, with all of this craziness of COVID going on. 
in the NFL. Uh, as I said, we're going to get to Q here. Uh, we're going to get a little bit more team specific. And for the first time in 48 hours, we're actually going to get to talk some dang football, um, which is kind of what they pay me to do here. You know, I, I can't, you know, pretend to be something that I'm not. I did not stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. I am certainly not a doctor. We're going to get some football talk here in just a second uh, on your latest Lockdown Browns crossover Thursday. Always appreciate everybody for being along for the ride. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better. But traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you are up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. Winner takes all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking the odds that are over four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you are in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero, head-to-head, is what daily, daily fantasy sports should be. Sign up for free right near at stathero.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on, all caps, no space, for a 100% discount match. Again, stathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on, terms and conditions apply. I've been hearing a lot about Stance Apparel lately, especially because they just launched a new line of active apparel. Plus, it's holiday gifting time, and Stance is the coolest gift you can give. Share, uh, I'm a big, big person who beats up on my feet. My feet have taken a pounding over the years. Their socks, fantastic. But if you're looking for other things, shirts, joggers, hoodies, they've got you covered at Stance. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Some of the coolest designs that look at the socks, Wu-Tang Clan, Batman, The Office, Major League Baseball, NBA, Pixar, that stuff is just too crazy. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. That those who feel good, do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase using the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to have that kick in. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. And welcome back here. We're going to get into segment two. As I said, it is crossover Thursday. Your host, Jeff Lloyd from Lockdown Browns, your boy Q from Lockdown Raiders. Um, for everybody, you know, we appreciate it. Uh, you know, for both these teams, um, things were promising earlier in the season. Um, and this is one thing we always talk about as hosts that, of this network is, I mean, we all put in a ton of work. Uh, but at the end of the day, as far as, you know, success of show, a lot of it comes down to the one thing we cannot control and we cannot control wins and losses from the teams that we cover. Q, I did want to start with this with a little bit with you. I mean, look, you know, it was a great, great beginning for this team. Yeah. You know, started out well. You know, then obviously the head coach. Then, you know, one of the brightest young stars on this team um, most likely cost himself his NFL career and most likely, let's say what, 
maybe a decade to 15 years to 20 years. You know, another story for another day. Where is this team right now? Right now, five of six lost after what was such a promising start. And, you know, yet it's always the most difficult thing when it seems like something's really, really working for a team. And you think you have a lot of things in place. And all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. And now this is a team that needs a head coach. This team needs to obviously, you know, find some way to replace Henry Ruggs, you know, maybe a couple other pieces here. How's it been and where's the team at mentally right now? Because it's getting to that point, you know, where, you know, you're starting to maybe read the tea leaves and realizing that maybe, you know, you were just getting close to rolling into another offseason. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, it's always great to catch up with you. And I'll tell you, that's the great question is, where is this team mentally? You know, and I think that we've been asking ourselves that here in Las Vegas for a few weeks now, because like you mentioned, started out fire on fire, man, three and oh, and then, you know, dropped a couple games, but went into the bye week at five and two with everything in front of them. And really the AFC did a whole lot for them on their week that they were in their bye. Did, did everything fell in the way that they needed it to. So they can come out that bye, boom. Here you go, chance to go on a nice run. And unfortunately, since the bye, they were five and two. Now they're six and seven. So they've won one game in the month of November and December so far. And that was on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys in prime time. So uh, it's weird to figure out exactly where this team is mentally. And are they going to say, hey, let's stop the bleeding, you know, just stop this losing thing and 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 finish this season out strong and let the chips fall where they may. If it's a playoffs, great. If it's not, well, that's okay too. Or are they in that situation where it's like, well, the season's over. We don't have anything to play for. We'll have a new coach next year. Uh, some of us ain't going to be here. So let's just finish it out, get our checks and go. I, that's, I've been waiting to be able to put my finger on it and answer that question. I don't know where they are mentally right now. After seeing that whooping by uh, Kansas City on Sunday uh, and the way that they lost that game, five turnovers, including the very first play of the game, a fumble and taking it to the house, to me, that means mentally they're not engaged. So if you're asking my gut feeling, I'd say they're not, they're not there. Uh, they won't admit that. Rich Basaccia, the interim head coach, he he wouldn't answer my question when I asked him, was it a mental thing? Uh, you know, he said he was tired of talking about the turnover. So there you go. I, I don't know because I haven't got the answer. I think mentally they're in a bad place. And it's a really tough spot to be in because, look, you know, you know, if there's an interim coach, the only reason you're an interim coach is because they never thought you were good enough to be coach anyway. Right. Um, and then, of course, it is. It always comes down to, A, number one, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to cost myself no money. I don't want to spend my off season busting my butt rehabbing. You know what I'm saying? If, if I get to the party circuit early, that's just fine. All the money's the same. It's a really tough situation for them to be in. Um, I did want to ask this. Darren Waller uh, has not practiced, as far as I can tell, to any point this yet this week. Darren Waller, where is that at? Because it's crazy for me to look at this Raiders team in the last couple of weeks and from a defensive side of the ball saying, well, Hunter Renfro is the guy we got to take away. Right. Well, I'll tell you, Darren Waller is a question, and that's another great question because uh, when he first got injured on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys, uh, we didn't really know what the IT strain was. At least I didn't. You know, I didn't know what the IT uh, knee band was or whatever they were calling it. And basically, it's just a knee strain. And it was told to me that it was a week to week issue. Maybe he'd missed two or three weeks. Uh, he's missed multiple games now. I'm not sure. He hasn't practiced all week this this week. So I my gut feeling tells me he doesn't play on Saturday against uh, against Cleveland, which, again, we'll go back to your point about, okay, well, Hunter Renfro is going to be the main guy like he has been the last three weeks and been the leading receiver for the Raiders. And I love Hunter Renfro, what he brings to the table. I love his tenacity. I love the way that he gets after it. You just don't know. You just don't know if if, if he's enough to overcome everything. You know, that's, that's the biggest issue. Is he enough to lead the charge and win games? I mean, you, you want to think that they're going to stretch the ball down the field a little bit, but they just haven't been able to do that. They brought Deshaun Jackson in to try to fill that void that Henry Ruggs left. 
uh, and he gets targets every once in a while. But, you know, one catch, one target last week. You know, I mean, just not enough volume when it comes to Deshaun Jackson. The last time we really saw him play in, in, in a healthy dose and see a lot of action was Thanksgiving. That just happens to be the last time they won. Uh, it's 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 tough, man. It's it's tough to understand where this offense is at. But I'll tell you right now, it ultimately goes back down, and this will be what Cleveland Brown fans get excited about. It goes to the offensive line, not giving the offense enough time to do things, get the run game established, give Derek Carr a chance to throw the ball down the field. So if that offensive line ain't protecting and ain't open up run blocks, you know that offense is going to struggle. And I know uh, Cleveland coming in with those that two-headed monster, Jadavion Clowney and, and Miles uh, uh, um, Garrett, man, is going to be – they're probably licking their chops right now thinking what could be uh, a bloodbath on Saturday as far as that goes, that part of the game goes. And that's one thing where I'm trying to, you know, keep basically the eternal flames going here for this week with all that the Browns are going through is the opportunity looks here. And look, this game was one of the ugliest games in the NFL last year when these two teams played 16-6 affair. Wins were, you know, in the 30 miles an hour the entire game. Uh, The game was just, you know, not a pretty game by any means whatsoever. I got news for you. It's going to be in the 30s. Um, There's a chance for precipitation. So any hopes for this game maybe being any prettier on Saturday in Cleveland is not going to be the case. You brought up the Browns uh, pass rushing duo. And one thing that has been, you know, incredible to watch here for the Raiders, and there are so many, and I got into this the other day with Jordan Reed and just, you know, how pass rushers are developed at such a young level now because, look, high school teams, they throw more. The opportunity for guys to get be better pass rushers early is there. There's a great duo in Las Vegas. Max Crosby, you know, Ngakwe, these are two players that I absolutely loved, and I still go back and I shake my head over, you know, where they drafted uh, the DN. I believe it was third overall out of Clemson. Ended right. up coming back a couple of rounds later, drafting Max Crosby, and that actually turned out to be the home run selection. But Nagakwe, Crosby, a very, very tenacious duo in their own right. Yeah, no, they are. They're really good. And the Raiders went out and got Ngakwe in the offseason, you know, just to be that bookend to Max Crosby. And it's really helped. And Ngakwe has been coming on strong. You know, he's got nine sacks right now leading the team. Crosby only has five. So the production as far as numbers aren't there, but the pressures are there. And so they're a really good one-two punch. I like what they bring to the table. I'd like to see Max Crosby get home a little bit more and actually get a little bit more sacks. I'm sure he would as well for if for no other reason, his contract, <laughs> you know, but um, <laughs> it's one of those things, man. I mean, uh, they they are really hard to pass against, you know, because they, they do have that one-two punch where they can get after the quarterback. So, uh, you know, the thing about it is uh, if they can, if the, if the Raiders can get home consistently and as they try to get home with their front four all the time, they never try to really blitz. They're one of the least blitzing teams uh, in the league. That's, that's, that's their positive. When they start to have to blitz because they, they're not getting home uh, consistently, that's when there's a problem. So uh, for the Raiders and for that defense, they, they hope to do everything with the front four, Crosby and Gakwe, and of course the D tackles as well. Now, when you're in a situation here where maybe, you know, you're wondering if the season could be lost or, you know, you're hanging on, you're looking maybe for some bright spots. Um, yeah. You know, obviously there's been some low lights, no doubt, uh, you know, for the Raiders, whether it's on the field, uh, you know, within the coaching ranks. What have maybe been some bright spots that people outside of day-to-day coverage of the Las Vegas Raiders don't maybe necessarily know about? You know, uh, Casey Hayward, he's been a nice uh, free agent pickup. He was one of the last free agents that the Raiders picked up at the corner position. He knows Gus Bradley's defense. Really, honestly, Gus Bradley's defense has been good especially since the Raiders haven't had a very good defense in a very long time. 
they've been good. They haven't been the reason why the Raiders are six and seven. You know, I mean, they've given them chances to win games. Yes, they've given up points here and there. They Yes, they have. No doubt about it. But they've also got the ball back for the offense four or five, six times. And, and the offense hasn't been able to score any points. So at some point, the dam breaks. And then all of a sudden, you know, the floodgates open up and then the other team's offense goes off. But I just think in general, the offense has been or the defense has been really good, been really surprising. Uh, Gus Bradley came in and, and turned things around pretty quick. Now, I thought they were going to continue to develop and get even better. It hasn't really done that, but they've been good enough to win games. Let's put it like that. I mean, if you only give up 17 points to the Washington football team, you think that your team can muster more than 15, right? You think that it's not going to be a five field goal performance. It was. You know, so I mean, it's just it's one of those situations. If if the if the defense does a decent job, you expect the offense to play complimentary ball and be able to do that. Unfortunately for the Raiders, they haven't been able to do that lately. And so uh, that's been a, a, a one of the main reasons for the loss. And again, Sunday just got out of control with Kansas City, got out of control early and there was never a shot. I mean, they went into the locker room down, what, 38 to three. I mean, it was just it was over before it got started. So that was just one of those uh, complete no shows. Uh, but yeah, Casey Hayward's been nice. Uh, Nate Hobbs, the fifth round pick out of Illinois, he's been really nice in the slot. And it's not that often that you talk about a rookie slot corner that's been doing really well. But he's he's been playing well. And it's not because he's just lights out and, he, and he's, you know, Micah Parsons like he's not that guy. But the thing I like about him, Jeff, is that he doesn't make the same mistake twice. So you can see that he understands the game. OK, that's where I screwed up. I'm not going to do that again. And he doesn't. And that's where I think that you could see, okay, that guy has a potential to be somebody. You know, he's, he has the opportunity to be good. Trayvon Merrick playing that free safety role, second-round pick out of TCU, he's also been playing well. He's not getting a lot of headlines. They're not talking about him a lot. But in Gus Bradley's scheme, he's not going to be talked about a lot unless he's messing up or else he's, like, getting every interception. And he hasn't been tested that much. So he has one interception on the season. He's had opportunity to have two or three. Uh, he's put a couple on the ground. He had one. He could have sealed the deal against Washington and dropped it. That was unfortunate for him. That was the time that people started talking about him was because of that play. Uh, but Trayvon Merrick has been nice. And, and the final guy that I'll tell you about is uh, a rookie as well. Malcolm Kuntz, uh, the third round pick out of Buffalo. He's only played in two games this season, but two games, two sacks. You know, seven snaps in the first game, a sack. 15 snaps in the second game, a sack. So he's very efficient. You know, he's getting it done. Uh, I think he's a very good bright spot, someone that maybe the Raiders can expand on, maybe a guy that gets a little bit more burn this week against Cleveland. Uh, I, I like what he brings to the table. Kind of surprised it took so long for him to get into the rotation, but Carl Nassib got injured. And with that opening, you know, when one guy goes down, another guy gets an opportunity. He's had an opportunity. He's made the most of it. Yeah, very interesting with a guy like Coons because this is actually, you know, what you're kind of looking for here. You know, you're looking for things, hey, you know, we don't always say he's going to be a foundational piece, but he's right. a piece right now and he's a pair of hands. Is somebody can do some things when we ask him to. Uh, we're going to flip it up here. I'm going to keep, uh, after we satisfy some sponsors here, I'm going to kick it over. Uh, Q's going to take the reins here. We'll talk some Browns here. I'll do my best to play uh, my best web MD that I can. Um, it's been a rough 48 hours and I got to be honest, I'm just enjoy actually talking some football on this podcast because it's <laughs> right. been nothing but help uh, for about the uh, last almost 48 hours. So appreciate everybody makes uh lockdown Raiders, lockdown Browns, your first listen. We'll get back to you guys here in just one second. Bet online has you covered all season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues the March to the playoffs, bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, promo code locked on, all caps, no space to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. 
Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, and here we are back on the crossover edition, talking Browns, talking Raiders, week 15 action, Saturday. You know, everything looks really good. A Saturday game, you know, the only thing I hate about Saturday games, Jeff, is that means you're getting close to the end of the season, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's what that signifies is that, hey, it's the end of the season. But very excited about the opportunity to see, you know, these two teams in action on Saturday. And, you know, uh, there's so much to talk about when it comes to the Browns. I'll just go ahead and get all the medical stuff out of the way right now because, well, you just don't know. There's so much up in the air. But, of course, the Browns have been hit with a, a, a just a barrage, just whatever it is, whatever the biggest word you could think of, it's been hit with, uh, they've been hit with the with COVID-19 and in protocols to the point where the whole team's in protocols. So what is the latest and the greatest? I know Baker Mayfield's one of the guys in there. What is the gut feeling when it comes to who's going to play, who's not going to play on Saturday? The thing is, first off, with it being a Saturday game, this is not any way advantageous to the situation in any way whatsoever. It takes one less day away. Normally, you're going to make your decision on a Saturday by 4 p.m. in the afternoon. You don't have that luxury when you're playing a Saturday game this week. I don't believe that's the way it's going to work. The decision is going to have to be made by Friday. Um, And the thing that hurts here is of these 17 players currently in the Browns COVID protocol, 16 are vaccinated. So it's not like guys aren't necessarily doing what was asked of them. So it's a really tough spot to be in. But now is where it gets a little tricky because it's kind of sprinkled around everywhere. Jarvis Landry, probably not your top wide receiver right now. I'd say Donovan Peoples-Jones is maybe a little bit more dangerous. Your most consistent, certainly Jarvis Landry. You throw Wyatt Taylor in there right now. Jack Conklin is on IR. Jedrick Wills is also on the COVID list. So now this means that you would be playing two out of five of your best five offensive linemen. Tight ends, the word from David Najoku, at least through his Instagram, is that he's back. Uh, We have nothing official there. But if that's not the case, you have an injured Harrison Bryant at the tight end position, and you have a rookie who played a little bit last week in Miller Forrestal. This is the team that likes to run two tight ends a lot. Really difficult to do if you don't have tight ends. Um, Running back-wise, Kareem Hunt, it looks like he will not be available with the Injury, but nothing COVID-wise. Nick Chubb's okay. Dearness Johnson, if it's a bad weather game, if the Browns have success running the ball, they should be able to maybe to feature that. Case Keenum, for right now, all intents and purposes, you tell me that we find out on Wednesday morning the quarterback is tested positive for COVID. I don't know how the quarterback's playing on Saturday. I I just don't see it. It would take miraculous or some inner, you know, divine intervention, you know, from Roger Goodell, but apparently they're more concerned about naming that, Super Bowl 58 will be in Las Vegas today. Then wondering hey, about whether or not anyone. <laughs> take it <laughs> no, easy. Script. Oh, that's not fine. I'm not knocking the city of Las Vegas, but like we got nine teams in protocol, two teams right. with almost 18, three teams with 18 guys in COVID. And we're worried about making a Super Bowl announcement today. So right. that's crazy enough. But then the defensive side of the ball is John Johnson, the third. John yeah. Johnson has been well versed in the fact that he's not vaccinated, not going to say anything in that department. Every man deserves his own decision to be made, right. but he's been. So we kind of know that maybe he is the one guy, which means most likely he's not available Christmas day for the Browns as well when they play the Green Bay Packers, because you're talking about 10 to 12 days in that area. So I don't know how he makes it back for that one. Uh, Troy Hill, he was not going to play this week anyway with a knee injury. So, okay. but that's also, that gives me a problem. This is the guy I'm looking at Hunter Renfro. Like I said, it's my nickel corner. Uh, yeah. This is really, really good slot wide receivers. This is kind of why we paid you here. He was injured, but he is also on the list. Malik McDowell, Malik McDowell is out. Um, you have lost Tack McKinley, 
And then you have lost uh, James Adenabo. So there is your third and your fourth defensive end. The meat and the potatoes is kind of there on the defense. But one of the reasons they've been so good lately on the defensive side of the ball is they can go 20 deep. And that's not going to be a luxury they're going to have this week. Well, it should be interesting, you know, and and I hate the fact that we have so many unknowns going into this game. And and honestly, if it was up to me, I would love to make sure that everyone was full throttle before they took the field. You know what I mean? Like everyone have all their guys out there available outside of injury. I I hate that guys will miss games because of COVID-19. I just do. But that's the reality that we live in. That's what it is. So. Uh, let's, hey, let's there's, at the end of the day, everybody's still getting paid. So, you know what I'm saying? That's they got to deal with it. You know, that's true. No doubt about it. I mean, and that's just it, it is what it is. It's again, it's part of the elements. But I mean, let's talk about the quarterback position, because obviously Baker Mayfield is going to be a lightning rod as Derek Carr is a lightning rod for all of Raider Nation. But Baker Mayfield, if he does miss, you have Case Keenum, who started in the league and hell, he damn near took Minnesota to the Super Bowl. So when you look at Case Keenum as the guy that's going to be there, is that how much of a drop off, if any, is that in your opinion when it comes to to the quarterback position for Cleveland? Well, you take the one start he had this year, which was against the Denver Broncos, and the first drive, and this has kind of been what's the problem has been for this Cleveland Browns offense the, the entire. It's almost like you had to have windshield wiper type vision. You know, they would run a play to the right, they'd run a play to the left, uh, screen to the left, and it was kind of like you were a head was on a swivel the entire first drive, and it was like, well, why did you have to get Case Keenum in here? To right. do this, you have all the talent. You, you have plenty of tight ends. You have plenty of wide receivers. You can rotate in running backs. Keep people on their toes, which has been the biggest thing I think they've had issues with. And he called Coach uh, Coach Stefanski, who, again, for people who may not be, be involved in the game this week, uh, Coach Stefanski. But he's vaccinated and has all his boosters. So, But for right now, he is tested positive as well. Does right. that put us into Alex Van Pelt, who called the playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers last year? Obviously, they did a fantastic job with that. So we'll see how that plays out. But everything, like you didn't see anything coming. Like you know what they're trying to do. And there's crossers that aren't really working out. And they want to get the tight ends involved. Whereas it's almost like if you keep everybody on your toes, everybody's good enough that if you can scheme things open and, you know, run three plays, take a deep shot. Oh, wait a minute, a tight end screen to the left. You kind of been, that has been more successful for them as opposed to maybe overall talent. Keep the defense, you know, uncomfortable. Keep right. them on their toes so this way they can't dictate. You know, they get into situations where they want to pass from the pocket. Well, they've been had injured offensive linemen this year at times. Their tackles, whoever they have been, and don't mistake this, whoever's been playing offensive tackle for the Cleveland Browns this year has not been that great. So it doesn't right. matter really what the names are. They've all had their ups and downs. Now you've got a smaller quarterback who's a little bit, obviously is dinged up in the shoulder. Um, and he, with every hit he takes, he regresses. If mm-hmm. he stays clean, he plays a full game, looks clean the whole game. Um, but you get Keenum in there. Look, he's a veteran. Um, the Raiders would have one game of tape to watch the Denver Bronco game to say this is what we have on him. And it's not like he did anything that was great or anything where you say, oh, we'll take this away. Keep in mind, there were players who played in that game who are not going to play in this game, whether it's Odo Beckham Jr., whether it's most likely Jarvis Landry. So you're going to see him with different personnel around him anyway. So it's I think there's a lot of an element of surprise, which maybe is very advantageous for a team, like we said earlier with the Raiders, who are just kind of unsure of themselves right now. And you know, there's guys probably looking at other people saying, well, you know, are you in it for these last four? Are you not? I mean, it's kind of hard when you know the chips are down about you know who's in and who's not. Well, I'll tell you this, when it comes to Case Keenum, because he was a Broncos quarterback for a little while, the Raiders, uh, you know, they have some familiarity with him. They know what he's able to do. And I'll tell you, I've always looked at Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, guys that, 
good quarterbacks, but they'll give you opportunities to make plays. You know what I mean? Like they'll, they'll throw a ball up there that you say, ah, that wasn't a good pass. That could get in harm's way. That's kind of how I look at those guys. But Case Keenum being a veteran, I think that helps the situation a little bit more. So with all the issues going on on the offensive line, that to me is probably going to be the biggest key to this game, as I think that the key to the game for the Raiders is, can that offensive line hold up? The Browns' offensive line is damn good. You know, it's just shown by that game that they won with Case Keenum, and they just ran, ran, ran. Even a third-string running back was running and was killing it. Got to give them a lot of credit. How bad is this going to hurt the offensive line if, you know, a couple of those guys, maybe even all three that are currently, you know, in the COVID, if they can't play? Well, there's there's a good and a bad of it, though. When this game took place last year, Nick Chubb didn't play. The Browns, right. you had Nick Chubb the last couple of weeks. Nick Chubb was involved, but they didn't run well. So I know Nick Chubb right now is a little aggravated, a little agitated. You know, I mean, he's quietest, one of the quietest stars there is in the NFL. But the man likes to be successful at the end of the day. They're all driven to succeed. So right. now here's an opportunity against a better situation. And trick may be that the fact is, you know, everybody's going to be looking for the run. Maybe weather's going to dictate it or you're playing with a backup quarterback. But if you tell me the Browns, oh, for me, it's not a bad thing to say, oh, we're going to have to put, a, you know, all our eggs in Nick Chubb's basket. You want to know what? He's been the most consistent offensive player this Browns team has had since 2018. So right. I have no problem saying if we got to put it on Nick, let's put it on Nick, even if there's going to be, you know, there's going to be players out there, but look, James Hudson has played this year. Blake Hans has played this year. Michael Dunn played some last year. So it's not like we're we're really unfamiliar or it's so desperate that now playing players off the street, so to speak. Right. Every one of these guys has been here a while, knows the system. They're getting paid to do these jobs. And, you know, as they kind of said today and through numerous pressers is, a lot of guys who don't take a lot of snaps better get really ready to take a lot of snaps. It's kind of where we're at. It's kind of like, you know, all, you know, last man on deck, you know, step up. You got to do what you got to do. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's not the best situation to be in. But look, if there's the opportunity where you can play good defense, keep this game low scoring, and we got to maybe rely on Nick Chubb to, you know, go 20 for 135 in a score and maybe a field goal or two and to be, makes up the difference here. Uh, uh, that's, that's something I'm comfortable kind of betting on. Right. I, I heard that. Well, you know, of course, when you start every season, man, the goal is to make the playoffs. And then once you make the playoffs, you know, you're in the dance and you and whatever happens, happens after that. So obviously the Browns are still, you know, they're they're above 500. They're not playing under 500 like the Raiders are. Uh, so they have, you know, they, they have a chance. They can make the dance. They, they, they've got some games they got to win, but they can they can make the dance. So what is the gut feeling as far as, you know, this team, how it can move forward? Not even just this game, but just moving forward, how they finish this season off strong is there a, a good feeling that they're going to be in the postseason or are they a team similar to what I feel like with the Raiders that they're done after that first week in January see that's the tricky thing because they were starting to get healthier yeah. and you know whatever the Odell Beckham Jr. situation it is in like it's not about who was right who was wrong it wasn't working so you know to, to take sides nobody was lighting it up it wasn't like Baker Mayfield was lighting up but Odell certainly wasn't lighting it up when he was here so what was the point? It was just a relationship that was no longer working. Do I feel more comfortable after a win on Sunday? And if this team was going into this game the way they were health-wise, COVID-wise, Saturday, if they win Saturday and the Green Bay Packers beat the Baltimore Ravens, we're talking about your first-place Cleveland Browns. So you right. want to know what? You can take everything and throw it out the window and say it doesn't yeah. matter. Right. You know, here you are, and granted, they got to play Green Bay next week, and then you close it out, but you close it out with Pittsburgh in Cincinnati. So you put yourself in even more of a situation where you can kind of control your own destiny. And the way, and it's weird, Q, to even be saying this because 
for me now, it's it's weird to say and talk about the Cleveland Browns and say, well, the defense. And I think the defense can – and if they can lean on the defense. Right. But that's the case. There's a lot, a lot of talent there, even with the COVID issues they're having this week. I mean, you're talking about players like Ronnie Harrison, Grant Elpit, All-Americans, jo- jo- uh, Jeremiah Usukoramoa, Jacob Phillips. These guys are fantastic young linebackers. You know, you have Clowney. You have Miles Garrett. I didn't even mention a Denzel Ward. Yeah. You know, I mean, nobody's nobody's crying the blues over here for the Cleveland Browns, but this defense is starting to look like they are capable of this last week. Huntley got him a little nervous last week, but I also think they spent three weeks studying Miles Garrett. So it was kind of like when you were a kid and you were absent from school and your friends gave you the questions for the test. Right. You waited in and the teacher gave you a different test than what everybody else took. And you're <laughs> like, oh man, wait a minute. Like, cause they spent so much time watching Lamar Jackson that when they saw Huntley, they kind of just weren't ready for it. And he took him by surprise a little bit. But I, I think running game, leaning on the defense, they are always been a good play-action team. But if they can get themselves where they're now playing maybe from ahead for the last three weeks of this season, look, you get to the playoffs, fluky stuff happens. I mean, look, yeah. I never thought they were going to beat Pittsburgh last year with what they did. I never thought that Andy Reid was going to be so scared to give the ball back to Baker Mayfield one more time. He was going to put the ball in his own end on fourth and three in Chad Henney's hands, of all people, because he really thought maybe, hey, they got one shot in them. So I think you just got to get yourself to January. You see where the chips may from there. Am I highly confident? Are my expectations lowered from where they were going into the season? Sure, certainly. And obviously, you know, understandably so, you know, with some of the disappointment this team has had. But look, you punch that ticket to the dance. I mean, anybody can get hot. As Derek Jeter always said, not the best team wins in the offseason. The hottest team wins in in the postseason. No, no doubt. No doubt. And of course, my expectations changed. I thought that the Raiders were a playoff team. And then, I mean, just everything that they've had to deal with and just the way that they, you know, the trajectory is gone. It's just it's unfortunate for them because they really look like like we mentioned before that they were off to something or onto something really, really good early in the season and thought that they had a chance. But it just it didn't shake out. And of course, we'll see how they finish up the season. It seems even crazier that we're talking about the Raiders may be the last last place team. Yeah. In the AFC West for a yep. team that started three and zero and looked so promising at five and two. Exactly, exactly. But that's just kind of how things have gone, and it's just been a weird, wacky kind of season, and something that nobody could ever imagine. And you know, I feel for Rich Basaccia just because I mean that's what he's do- doing and trying to do as an interim head coach. This is not a normal scenario. Normally, it's like, hey, you're the interim head coach because your team sucked, and okay, then they fired the coach, and boom, that's it. So you're just trying to right the ship. He took over a team that was good but it was dealing with all this adversity off the field. And so it's just, it's less than ideal for a guy that's never been a head coach, but you mentioned the defense. And I wanted to ask you about the defense in particular, miles Garrett. We know who he is. He's probably going to end up being defensive player of the year this year. Just amazing dude. He was amazing at A&M and he continues to be amazing in the NFL, but adding Jadavion Clowney, a guy who, in my opinion, underachieved so far, his whole NFL career, if it was injury or just not getting home and getting sacks, how much has Jadavion Clowney helped Miles Garrett be who he is this year? And how much has Miles Garrett helped Jadavion Clowney have the success he's having this season? I'm going to take this first from the Clowney standpoint. You know, yep. Jadavion Clowney's most successful time in the NFL was obviously with Houston Texans. Even though he was the former overall number one pick, it seems he plays a little better in the role where he's not top dog. You right. know, so. And the other thing, though, is it also plays better to what Jadavian Clowney does. And this is the one thing that anybody wants to knock him. It tells me maybe you haven't watched him totally in detail because he's a very technically sound player. For he sure. does his assignment well. He grades out 
very well. Like you'll look at, we'll look at the grades come out every week. And obviously miles, you know, pass rush numbers, grades are yeah. off the charts, but you look at run and doing your role in that thing. And Jadavian Clowney has always done that has always graded it out well in that scenario. I think what it does for miles is it gives him a number one. There's not many dudes. I mean, they were literally like the Batman meme back in the day. Like it was everybody talking about what these guys are and what they could be. It's like, if you like, if you, or like a Michael Jordan, who did you talk to in those days? You talked to Larry Bird about basketball, but there was no athleticism or like trading tips or, or, or talking shop because nobody could comprehend the things an athlete like Michael Jordan could do. I think Clowney, they have a similar skill set, similar build, similar athleticism. So I think that really, really helps them. And the other thing, Keith, at the end of the day, what helps it is just being there. They could hate each other's guts, but right. love playing together because you want to know what? Can't double team both of us. You can't, right. uh, and, and and there's been times where you'll see either one of them look, all right, I'll take the double team. I'll get my hands up. I'll do the civic duty. But uh, yeah, oh, wow, he just he just whipped your two boys over there. So they're beating <laughs> double teams now. So where it's like, oh, well, now, oh man, maybe we can't double team him on this. We got to double right. team that guy on this. It just, it flows so well because, and, and there is differences, obviously, that Miles is the blow up pass rusher. And J.D. McClowney you know, has that veteran savviness and willingness, which you don't see from a lot of pass rushers, to do his part. And, you know, even if it comes with taking a hit, taking a block you don't want to take, but knowing you're setting that edge and that running back's running inside of you as opposed to outside of you, which means 10, 12, 15 yards, very, very savvy player, J.D.B. and Clowney. And it's actually been fun to watch. Yeah, I bet it is. And, and you know, whenever I've I've knocked Jadavion Clowney as a guy that I, you know, was in Texas, I was at ESPN Central Texas. And so, of course, I was paying attention to the Cowboys and the Texans. And his only knock on him was not really his own fault. As you mentioned, the number, number one overall pick, former number one overall pick, you're expected as the edge rusher to be the sack master, to get 10, 12, 15 sacks a season. That's just never been in his, in his, in his DNA. I think he had never had more than eight sacks in a season. And that was across from JJ Watt one time, you know, and everything else is like one sack, two sacks, three sacks, but he's been an overall really sound player, gifted player. Like you said, could stop the run. Uh, You know, he, does whatever he has to do, take on multiple blockers. He disrupts plays. He's always disrupted plays. He just doesn't get home and get a ton of sacks. But this year, he's even getting home. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely fun to watch. And the thing, look, you know, at the end of the day, is he ever going to live up to being drafted number one overall? Probably yeah. not. Is he going to live up to being a first-round draft pick? If you know football and you truly know the game, yes, he's a technically sound football player. Did, he, did it ever match the athletic traits? And, look, we know he's been injured a ton. So yeah. he's certainly not the same juicy athlete out there that he was probably in his days coming out of South Carolina. And mm. it certainly didn't help that he was the number one recruit in the nation and then right. went on to be the number one. I mean, that's a lot, man. I mean, people, if you're not Lawrence Taylor, you failed. It, it's right. literally, you know, and it, it's, and to his credit, he's still out there. He's made a boatload of money. He can say, you know what? I'm getting injured. I'm taking shots. I ain't got to do this. I got 50, $60 million. You know, I took the game for what I wanted to take it for. But he's still out there doing the dirty things. And that's the thing that's impressive, doing the dirty work out of a player of that level. Right. No doubt about it. It's it's, uh, it's, it's fun to watch. And it is. I mean, it's fun to watch him and Miles Garrett be that bookend. And I love to see duos just in the NFL general. I love to see duos that can get after the quarterback because they're just so nasty and it's so hard to, uh, you know, stop. And that's why I've enjoyed what I've seen from the Raiders this year with Unique Ngakwe and Max Crosby because they've been a really nice breath of fresh air as far as that defensive line goes. So finally, Jeff, for you, before we wrap this up, 
as far as this game goes on Saturday, man, I mean, there's a lot of issues. There's a lot of things we've already talked about, documented really well in this in this episode. For the Raiders, for the Raiders, for the Browns, bottom line to win this game, what has to happen? They need top shelf defense. They need to play with the mentality of this game certainly can't get to the 20s. We have no confidence in our offense to get us to the 20s. We need to probably keep this 17, 16 or less. And look, if if I went out of this and I lose this game and Nick Chubb and Dearness Johnson didn't carry the ball combined 35 times or more, then I didn't do my job because the weather's lining up for it. It's I, Look, it's a lot easier to run block when you haven't played in a while than it is to pass block. You're going yeah. forward. That's what you got to do. They literally have to make this, you know, we're not talking checkers here. They, right. I mean, we're not talking chess here. They need yeah, to play yeah. checkers. Right. I got you. So now what about you, Q? I mean, I think a lot of this is, you know, where is it at? A short week, you know, right. and I'll be honest, you know, if they came in and walked around the building, it took them out 30 to 13 because they have enough skill to do it. I wouldn't be surprised. But a question is, is, you know, where this team is at right now, short week, all this stuff, Christmas around the corner, you know? I think it's real simple, really, for the Raiders. I think their offensive line has got to stand up, and I think they got to show up and show out. I really do, and they haven't done that. They haven't been consistent. You know, there's been a lot of, um, you know, moving and shaking along the offensive line. I think that they're going to be a major factor, both obviously in the pass game and the run blocking. I mean, they're going to have to be able to open up some holes to to run through for Josh Jacobs or Peyton Barber or whoever else carries the ball, Trey Regis. They are going to have to carry the rock, and they're going to have to do some things uh, you know, the weather, like you mentioned, is going to be uh, some suspect. I don't think it's going to be grapple. Isn't that what they called it last year? Grapple, where it was real ugly. Was it rain? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think it's going to be grapple. Yes. The, but, the opportunity, uh, it looks more like of a down rain here. But I mean, okay. no, we're not talking 35 to 60 mile an hour winds. That was disgusting last year. And what was that end up being like a 16-13 game? It was very low scoring, right? Raiders won 16 to 6. That's when the Raiders very- offensive line just started leaning on them. Right, leaning on him, and the Browns defense at the time could do nothing to stop. I think Josh Jacob, Josh Jacobs had the most total yards at anybody, including both quarterbacks in that game. So exactly, that's that kind of tells like, you what kind of game that was. That's what I think has to happen again. I think that the offensive line has to be able to lean on the defensive line and really just try to wear them out. And I don't, I don't know honestly if they're capable of doing that because they haven't really done that all season long. Uh, and I'm not just talking about the run game. I'm talking about for Derek Carr's sake as well. They've just got to dominate up front, and and that's honestly how I think that the game is won. It's got to be up front. Q, it's been a pleasure. I think we've been able to get together three or four years now because I do believe you yeah. started in 2018. So yep, we've yep. actually been able to sit down three out of the four seasons uh, last uh, last few years. You know, your growth, my growth, just continued effort here by, uh, you know, everybody involved with Locked On has been great to see. Uh, for all you uh, Raiders fans, you were obviously in fantastic hands uh, with Q. Uh, so make sure you're following your boy Q, uh, me personally, Locked On Browns. Uh, make sure you're following at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. We appreciate everybody who takes the time to make us your first listen day in, day out. And trust me, we know how we're doing, guys. We get these numbers week in, week out. They relay these numbers to us, and it, it means a ton. And just to see the way the network's going, the shows are going, and look, it's always tough because the one thing we can't guarantee you guys is victories. Um, So for you guys being unhappy after losses, I get it. We get it. It makes it a lot more difficult to work here. Everybody wants to cover a winner. Um, yep. but your time will come. Your time will come. This has been another edition of Crossover Thursday on the Locked On Podcast Network for your boy Q. Um, myself, Jeff Lloyd, will be fired up next week uh, before Christmas. Q, I wish you and your family the best for the holidays. Everybody out there, uh, be smart, be safe. I know everybody misses people and misses your families. Be smart, be safe with what you're doing, though. Have a great holiday season.